MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and we'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use the promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is your best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Everyone, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. Now, if you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I love the travel packs. I take them on the road. So just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Thanks to Green Chef for sponsoring our podcast. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Go to greenchef.com slash dailybean60 and use code dailybean60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, March 3rd. As you can tell, this is Dana Goldberg. Allison Gill is in the air traveling. Now, we're going to save you the pain of all of the news, the good and the bad. And there's a lot of bad. And we're just going to give you this fantastic interview with Adam Frisch. If you don't know who Adam is, he's the moderate Democrat running in Colorado's 3rd District. He is trying again to unseat NRA Barbie, otherwise known as Lauren Boebert, and he only lost by 500 votes in the last midterm elections. That gives me a lot of hope, everyone. I think if we can get people out to vote in this district, we can get money to the district if you don't live there, we're going to be able to get this guy into Congress and get her bags packing. So enjoy the interview. I'll be back at the end of this with some good news, and we are going to send you into the weekend and have a wonderful vacation after that. Enjoy the interview. Today, I have to say, I am truly honored and excited because we all sort of watched this race very closely when it was brought up by uh, Kornacki on the big board about how close it was in Colorado's third district. And we want to flip this district blue. And we've come closer than ever before within just 546 votes to unseat Lauren Boebert. And we get to talk to him today. Adam Frisch, how are you? Great, Allison. Hope you're having a great week and winter, hopefully heading to spring soon. Yeah. Well, I live in San Diego, so it's kind of just all like, yeah. we get okay. excessively like cold when it gets around 58 degrees. So ah. yeah, we're a little bit lucky down here. But yeah, first of all, I have to know what it must have been like as those votes were being counted. I mean, you weren't really surprised though. You knew it was going to be close. Everybody else got it wrong. I mean, first of all, we had all the there's going to be a huge red wave. And then we had all the Nate Silver 538 folks saying that Colorado's third district was going to, it was easy win for Lauren Boebert in the Wincott. We don't even need to pay attention. We were all on pins and needles, but you kind of knew, didn't you? Well, thanks. It's great. Oh uh, yeah. To go back, you know, uh, a year and a half ago when I, a couple months before I got in the race in February 23 to defeat Lauren Boebert, I just looked at some numbers and saw that of all these extremists, loudmouths, she was the only one that really had any mathematically chance of losing. Uh, she didn't even win her home county. Those who know her 
don't care for her. And our data shows there's only about five or six people in the entire Congress that actually get there without winning their home county. So she was just a lot more vulnerable. Sadly, in today's politics, the assumption is if you're really, really loud and obnoxious and other things, you you must be electorally strong. That gives you the leeway to run around like a Marjorie Taylor Greene who wins by 30 or 40 points. And so she didn't win by much. And I, I knew in my heart that it would take a lot of effort and time to convince people that she is vulnerable. And while we raised some money and had some media, uh, a lot of people did blow us off. And I just, you know, I wasn't going to get into this race if it was going to be one of these protest things where someone has to run against somebody. I appreciate people go out there and do that and thank them for that. But we really knew that we had run a good campaign. We had a great campaign staff, including my son and my wife and my daughter to an extent as well. And I just knew in my heart that people want the circus to stop and they don't like this anger attainment industry aspect of politics. And I just thought that if we could get out there, and I think that 30 to 40% of the Republican Party wants their party back. Uh, and, you know, we needed 10%, you know, so we needed a third of the third. And I thought that driving around a lot, we did 24,000 miles in a red pickup truck with my son and I. It was an incredible bonding experience for a father and son road trip. And we just talked about normal stuff. And my mom calls it the pro-normal party coalition. And we built that. And then in early October, when our pollster, who was spot on from day one, had us within two points in a, in a margin of error that was four, that's when people woke up a little bit. But then obviously late on Tuesday night when those first results came out and showed us up 4,000 points and 538 thought we were supposed to lose by 45,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were up by 4,000 and we finished up down 550-ish that we approved our point that it's definitely uh, people want the circus to stop. Yeah. And this happened across the country. Yeah. We, you know, we noticed that people were done with the the big lie. The, uh, the election was stolen uh, grift, which now we know from all these Fox files and, and, you know, the Dominion lawsuit from behind the scenes at Fox that they all knew they were full of it. And, and they were spreading this lie that the campaigns that people rate fundraised off of those lies now being investigated for defrauding donors and the American people, particularly the independents, yeah. really just got sick and tired of it. And that's why I, 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 well, I'm not going to caution the Republican Party not to go down the path they're going down in the House right now, because if you want to blow up your chances in 2024, that's fine by me. But it's something that America, that was clearly a referendum that we stopped the red wave in, in 2022 in the midterms, clearly a referendum on that angertainment, pushing back on that, as you call it, the angertainment aspect of this. Let's talk about the district because, you know, it's not a unique district. There's districts like this all over the country. This is this is America. This is exactly kind of what you're looking to represent. Talk about who lives in your district in Colorado's third. Let's talk about what it is geographically. It's 50 percent of the state of Colorado. It's larger than the state of Mississippi. It's larger than 19 other states uh, in our great country. And it takes about nine to 10 hours on good weather to drive from one end of the district to the other. And so that's something that a lot of people realize. And at the end of the day, it's incredibly rural. We have a couple resort communities, uh, Aspen and Telluride and Crest Butte, that those summer and winter ski people know about a little bit. But you know, we're, we're anchored by two 100,000-person communities, one Grand Junction on the Western Slope, 20-some miles away from the Utah border. A lot of uh, former oil and gas workers, it's f- slowly transitioning over. 
kind of the heart of Trump country, if you will, for the uh, not just the district, but also the entire state of Colorado. And then we have down in South Central Colorado, it is rural in nature, but they're very more focused. Pueblo, uh, proudly about being a, a union town, a blue collar town, a working class in town. And then, you know, we have about four fifths of the New Mexico border, 100% of the Utah border, and about one third of the Wyoming border. And so it's ranching and farming and small businesses. We don't have that many big companies uh, in the district at all. Uh, again, the third largest community in the district is 25,000 people about in Durango and Montrose. And so we knew that we we're going to have to get on the road a lot. And from a mindset, you re referenced it before about the lack of a red wave. And a lot of it had to do with the Republican Party doubling down on crazy. A year and a half ago, also in that little paper I wrote to myself that I shared with others, I thought that Trumpism was peaking. It certainly wasn't going to crash and burn. But I thought that, you know, kind of people were sick and tired of it. And Without a doubt, Donald Trump had the worst election day last November than anyone. All of his hand-picked people. You know, the, the 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 Senate would have gone Republican if if the normal Republican Party had, if Mitch McConnell had his way of who he wanted running, they would have done it. So, you know, the country's been given a gift, if you will. It's a high price to pay in Donald, in Donald Trump still having a lot of suasion there. And so that's the makeup of the district. The district is also 23%, 24% Democrat. 31% Republican and 43 to 45% independent or other, uh, you know, and I wasn't, in, I was an unaffiliated voter for 20 years. I was a Democrat growing up. And then I, when I moved to Colorado in, in 2002, uh, I just never got around to registering state as this unaffiliated voter. We have an open primary system uh, in, in Colorado, which I think is great. And so knowing that less than a quarter of the people in the district are, are not on team blue, and I was very, very focused on who I am, which is just that I'm part of this Get Stuff Done party. And I've talked about the Get Stuff Done party for 20 years as a father and a husband and a small business owner. And that resonated with a lot of people out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, you have a very progressive voting system in Colorado. So talk a little bit about how you think that might impact some of the races that are run there. And, and also, I would like to get a little bit more into uh, what you said about Lauren Boebert, those who know her don't care for her. I think that that's something very important as she goes forward to make herself more known, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I think there's two things there. One is Colorado has some super uh, election laws and procedures in place. You know, there were some people that were disappointed when we were down only, quote unquote, 550 votes. And there was a mandatory recount. I could not have started or stopped it, nor could Representative Boebert's team, nor could the Secretary of State. It was put in by law X amount of years ago by the voters of Colorado that if it's less than 0.5%, which would have been about 1,500 votes, and we were at 550, there was a recount. And uh, I made a concession. It was sincere, but not legal. If all of a sudden we would have turned out these votes that are away, we would have ended up being sworn in. But, you know, again, they recounted 327,000 votes and there was a change of nine votes for net. So we went from down 550 to down 546. So, and if you are unaffiliated voter, you get both primary ballots in the mail in those even years, you know, late spring, early summer when our votes are, which is the end of June. And so you have the situation where there are a lot more unaffiliated voters that have the ability to vote in the Democratic primary that are Democrats 
And there's a lot more unaffiliated voters that have the chance to vote in the Republican primary as well. And so the focus, Colorado wanted to bring that process into place because they wanted more moderate candidates from both sides. And, you know, I, I have some core values here, you know, to my core, but I, I am a really big believer that this get stuff done is really, really important. And I think that matches up with where where our district is. And so, again, you just have to make sure you people want to see uh, hard work and they want to see your face, especially in the congressional race, even though the congressional race, uh, you know, I met some people um, in D.C. in November and, and they were complaining that their district got two miles wider <laughs> and they had to drive 25 minutes instead of 20 minutes to get to their border. <laughs> and here I am uh, plowing through snow, going over mountain passes, uh, going to towns of 500 people to talk to 27 people. Uh, but that's what it takes to just work it. And so there's that conversation. Our conversation is just people want normal. The vast majority of people are not on Twitter nine hours a day. And I assume some of your voters are, and I appreciate that. And that there's a civic duty in that. But the vast majority of people are focused on, on, on safe and good schools, uh, a solid job, save a little bit of money, making sure that inflation is somewhat under control, healthcare access and cost and availability, not having to drive too far. It's just common sense, mainstream things that people are concerned about. And it's not that there's that many people running around, um, I'm on Team Blue, higher hell water, or I'm on Team Red, higher hell water. It just, let's get some stuff done and and just keep the noise low. And that's what I believe as a dad and a husband. And that's what I think a lot of people resonated with as we drove around our district. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit more about that road trip and some of the campaign platform things that you were sharing with uh, potential, you know, with voters and with with constituents in the district while you were on the road with your son in that red pickup truck with the, with fifty percent of the state uh, is is huge nine hours sometimes ten to cross just your district alone, and uh, I want to get into that, but I need to take a quick break. So everybody, stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a boost to my energy and better gut health, to be honest with you. And I take AG1 right after I wake up, literally before I do anything else. It makes me feel ready to tackle whatever the day has in store for me. Now, we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. They're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. I noticed an improvement with my digestion immediately after I began using AG1, and it tastes amazing. It's one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day. That's it. I can't imagine another daily routine that pays off as well as AG1. It is so easy, and I get all my nutritional bases covered with just one scoop in the morning. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, I'm telling you, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. That's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Check it out. My days can be really busy, so I like to find ways to save time and energy. But there's no reason to skip out on quality, which is why I started using Green Chef. They make delicious food for any healthy lifestyle. We've teamed up with Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well, and they have a deal for you. Go to greenchef.com slash dailybean60 and use code dailybean60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. You can start to shake off winter with some delicious and easy to follow recipes that will support your healthy lifestyle. Plus, as the only keto meal kit, Green Chef also makes sticking to a carb-conscious lifestyle simple 
and easy. Green Chef also has a brand new collection of recipes fit for a high-protein dietary preference called Protein Pack. You can choose from three weekly menu items, each including an average of 40 proteins per serving. And there are a variety of tasty and satisfying recipes like Greek chicken. Amazing. It's a Greek chicken salad with mint olive tapenade. Come on. Enchilada spiced turkey bowls and almond crusted burramundi. A delicious fish. It's outstanding. Now, last night I had their spicy ginger lime shrimp and bacon bowl with broccoli stir fry, scallion scrambled eggs, and cashews. I'm not kidding. This was amazing. It tasted so good. It's full of protein with a creamy aioli. I'm already craving another one. And since both Green Chef and Factor are now owned by HelloFresh, there's a wider array of meal plans to choose from. Now, there's definitely something for everyone. I love switching between the brands, and now you can enjoy both brands at a discount. Expand your palate with unique farm-fresh ingredients like figs, dates, and artichokes. Go to greenchef.com dailybean dailybean60 and use code dailybean60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. All right, we're talking with Adam Frisch, who is running against Lauren Boebert in Colorado's 3rd District for the U.S. House of Representatives. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about that really amazing, like, father-son bonding red pickup truck on the road for the campaign. And I want to talk about what you were talking to the the voters about on the ground, what mattered to them. We touched on it a little bit. Let's dive in with some of the issues that face those constituents in your district, where they live, and talk about water conservation in the Colorado River, because it does impact not just Coloradoans and not just the district, but everybody downstream and everybody in California and Arizona. I know I spent, you know, over a decade in Arizona talking about that, those water issues, and that is something that's very important to the constituents. So what were, what were some of the concerns that you, you found while you were out on the road, and, and what are some of your solutions? Yeah, no, so, you know, good question. Of course, at the end of the day, it comes down to policies and issues, or it should be not, you know, kind of yelling and screaming at people. The, you know, there's obviously, last November, there were a couple of national conversations going on, trying to manage crime and women's health care freedom, which I'm fully supportive of, and and everything else like that. But when it comes to the district specifically, water is is number one, and it's about all this water via snowfall that falls in the western slope of Colorado. And that water that shows up in the mountains of Colorado, a lot of it, you know, it, it feeds 40 million people. Uh, a good chunk of California, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, and Wyoming. And as you referenced, there's a basically a 100-year-old law written by the federal government that talks about these seven states, as well as all the way down to Baja in New Mexico. In Mexico, not just New Mexico, but Mexico, the country. And people in western and southern Colorado are very worried not just about climate crisis, which is obviously we all agree is there, we need to work on it, but the water aspects to it and the soil health that's really important. And we're just trying to figure out how that as much water as possible stays on the western slope, which is the western part of Colorado, as well as in southern Colorado, which is part of our breadbasket and, and ag and ranching and farming. Uh, and we also have just conservation issues going on here that we all want to have clean water and ample water. Uh, we have a recreation industry, whether it's skiing or snowboarding in the winter, and there's rafting and fishing in the summer and hiking as well. And just, you know, and I truly mean this, regardless of the political spectrum, if you live in the western or southern part of Colorado, you love nature and, and you're a conservationist at heart and you're out there and you give up some of the upsides of being in the big cities to make sure that you have those vistas and clean air and just kind of that small town community, even in towns that have 25 or 30,000 people. 
And so water does not run red or blue um, when it runs. Uh, it's about as unpartisan as it gets. And the conversation I pitched to a lot of moderate Republican organization, Chamber of Commerce, is, was basically a competency play. Like, who do you want sitting in the halls of Congress representing you, your family, your business and your community when it comes to things like water, when it comes to things like the rural aspects of healthcare and the rural aspects of education funding? And those are the things that I talked about a lot that resonated with a lot of people. Healthcare is so big, as you know, Allison, uh, and you know that well from your own background. We have a, a higher percentage of veterans than uh, than most districts. Uh, super important to you, super important to me. And so those are the conversations, you know, and we have a lot of people are driving an hour to two hours to access a hospital. And so we have real issues. Then when you get there, you have to figure out how you can pay for it, which is a whole nother conversation. But these are the issues that resonated with a lot of people, left, right, or center. It was just focusing on things that are that they talk about around their literal and proverbial kitchen table. Uh, and those are the things that, you know, again, so the water aspect, Colorado jobs, not just that people have a job, but it's a good paying job with good benefits that allows people to save a little bit of money to invest back in their families and have a chance to save for retirement. And those are the issues. So we talked about Colorado water, Colorado energy, and Colorado jobs. And that's what resonated with people. And it wasn't about Team Red or Team Blue. It was about Team CD3. Right. And Team Get Stuff Done. And, and yeah, and Get Stuff <laughs> for my Get Stuff Done Coalition I talk about. <laughs> I love it. And I want to talk a little bit more. You come from a manufacturing background. Let's talk a little bit more about the jobs, because I have found in all of the candidates I've spoken to that that jobs are not mutually exclusive. The issue of jobs is not mutually exclusive from the issue of climate or water or health care. They're all intertwined. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the jobs aspect of, of what you spoke to constituents about when you were on the road there going door to door doing the work, because I'm really interested in, in Colorado's thirds and the CD3, what that looks like to, to the typical voter in, in, in that district. Yeah, no. Um, so the manufacturing background really comes from my wife, Katie, who runs her manufacturing business. She's an engineer. Her brother's an engineer. Her father's an engineer. And they've run manufacturing in the United States, which is not an easy thing to do, right? And just understanding uh, the Made in America thing uh, and, and how that works. The other aspects of jobs in CD3, a lot of ranching and farming and recreation. And then we also have this transition that's happening. We, you know, produce the cleanest jobs in energy production and solar as well as wind. But we also still have a coal industry that is slowly winding down. But we do produce the cleanest coal uh, in the world for that. And while we all want to see that eventually start to transition over, Let's remember that, you know, we are still stuck begging Saudi Arabia and Venezuela for help. So as long as we're doing that, let's make sure that we have domestic energy production because from a labor laws, from a global climate, from the United States climate, we're better off making sure that those things are happening here. And the conversations that are going on are, you know, I'm meeting people that used to make 50 or 60 bucks an hour being electricians or plumbers in the traditional energy production center. And now they're making 15 or $18 an hour working in hospitality, do, doing pretty much the same thing. And Allison, they don't need job training. They just realize that they're doing the same thing, but in a, in a lower paying industry. And, you know, the private sector needs to happen. I'm a big believer in capitalism. But I think one of the reasons where policymakers have made a mistake, especially on the Democratic side, is not realizing that when you go, make, when you go from making $130,000 a year to making $40,000 a year, 
that's a real change. And while the unemployment rate may look okay, that's a different thing that's happening, especially when you multiply that in a community. And so we're trying to figure out a, a good way to be sincere and thoughtful about making these job transitions happen and making sure that they feel like they're respected. Uh, and that's something that a lot of people have told me that used to vote Democrat that have gone Republican in the past 20 or 30 years is, is they just feel like the Democratic Party has kind of lost somewhat on the policies, but more importantly, just on the language they're, that they're hearing from a party they used to vote for, which comes off a little bit less respectful. And that's something that I spend a lot of time trying to make sure I'm aware of. So those are the jobs that are happening. We are starting to see some micro uh, manufacturing happening in the Western Slope and in Southern Colorado. A great story. We have a steel mill in Pueblo. It's about eight, it's about to become 80 or 90% solar powered. The only solar powered or almost solar powered a steel mill in the entire country. It's a great story. Pueblo, you know, if you need anything welded in the world, Pueblo is a place to do it. They are about to launch off hundreds of jobs to produce those huge 300-foot tall wind turbines, the towers of it. That's coming from Pueblo, Colorado. So this is some of the stuff that's actually truly happening in this really important climate crisis transition that's happening. And those jobs are turning to be pretty well-paying jobs. Not all of them, but, but there are some there. And those are what we're focused on. And those are what I'm trying to champion for the climate, but also for the men and the women that are working you know, day to day and, and grinding away in that truly blue collar job that used to be the bread and butter of the Democratic Party. And we've and the Democratic Party has lost that conversation um, over time. Yeah. And, and we're trying to bring it back because yes. it, it's actually yes. the Inflation Reduction Act that is causing right. the steel for wind turbines to be required to yeah. be made in the United States. And I know that they, you know, Marty Walsh has met with um some people at the at the steel unions and the and the and some of the IBEW other other unions to make sure that that uh, all of the things that we are manufacturing or that we are buying to put together these uh, you know these these greener jobs come from because we make the cleanest steel in the world. Why are we buying yeah. it from abroad when we make the cleanest steel Bingo. right here? And so that is something that. I think we, you know, we've turned a corner now with with the Inflation Reduction Act and, and, and the infrastructure bill and all that money is going to be coming into these places. And I think it's really important that we have folks like you who know where that money needs to be spent and how it how it can best be utilized. Uh, and so I didn't know that one of that the that the Pueblo uh, steel mill was 90 percent yeah. solar. That's incredible. Or almost there. It's, it's a great story. Yeah, that's wonderful. And and that's I love that that that's sort of what you're what you're looking to push and expand, right? Because that's where we're yeah. going to get better, better paying jobs. I wanted to also ask you about, because of the lack of red wave that we saw, I wish that we all knew about your race before, like earlier, like, and that's why I want to talk to you now. And I know we're amplifying yeah. it for 2024. Are there other districts like this that, that we should be paying attention to that are closer than we think that the the rest of the pollsters and the pundits are telling us it's a lost cause. I mean, where should we be focusing our energy? Yeah, no, I'm not going to say selfishly, just focus on me. I'm the only hope. Uh, but let's talk. Here's the lay of the land. And I'm not a political strategist, but I'm involved, I guess I would say. There are 18 current Republicans sitting in Biden districts. Uh, 11 of them are freshmen. Those those 18 races are going to be a big focus. There are four Democrats in Trump districts that are sitting in Congress that are going to become a focus for both sides. 
And then you have kind of the 10 closest races in the country of somewhat of, of, of those 10. Some of them are in a subset of the above groups. We, and we have the closest race in the country. If you look at from an emotional standpoint, we're the only one that is actually taking on an extremist or whatever you want to call kind of these loudmouth, uh, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Paul Gosard, um, you name them that actually have a chance with all due respect. And I know there'll be some Democrats running against those brand name people. But when you look at the math, you know, we're proudly focused on that. Having said that, there definitely were some other close races in the country. And they also did not get a lot of focus. And one of the reasons was, is they were not running again. You know, it's a blessing and a curse to be running against such an extremist who is a brand name national person. On some things, it's very helpful. On some things, it's not. And so, yes, by all means, we would love the support and I'll make my plug now at adamforcolorado.com. And we, you know, money is great. Go to that website. There's also a volunteer button uh, to help us do outreach later on. 2023 is going to be very focused on registration. And so we're going to try to figure out how to get more people on the voter books uh, in 23. And then in 24, we'll get them to the polls. And I know there's there's a lot of people that reached out to us when we were caring, wanted to make phone calls, wanted to make postcards. I mentioned my uh, my 17-year-old son who... I took a year off of his high school to do classes online. He found 130 college kids across the country and they made 700,000 phone calls. I cared. I cared for you. No, and, and thank you very much for that. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're, I, I can say this with pride, but disappointing pride that we're the only race in the country that has a chance to really you know, defeat one of these real extremists. But there obviously are a lot of other races out there that are going to be tight and and everyone, you know, there's there should be enough money to go around. but. It's just trying to, we try to convince people that we had this path last time. It's not taking nine months for people to return our phone calls now. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. And a lot of people apologize to us. And I'm like, listen, it wasn't like one, any person missed it. Um, you know, we did get support. We we, we did raise uh, almost $4 million, which was great. You know, but a lot of people felt badly that they didn't do more. And so for those that did help across the country, I say thank you. But there's a lot of people fired up, Republicans, independents, and Democrats, of course, that want to help us because they realize um, even since that election and when the new Congress started in January, I'm hearing this from a lot of Republicans I'm spending time with. Their view is she hasn't learned a single lesson, a single ounce of humility and having almost the most embarrassing loss in 25 years on either side of the party. 538 had us at two or 3%. And they said on the week after their podcast, who I, I love listening to them, but they're like, you know, this was almost the biggest surprise in the history of the of the uh, of their model, and so the surprise is out of the bag. Uh, we tried; we didn't want it to be a surprise. It was a surprise to a lot of people, but we know that we're in the mix. And again, it's not Team Red or Team Blue; it's Team Pro Normal and Team CD three. That's what we're really focused on. You know, again, there are there are going to be some close races that are going to be um, hotly contested. But and I'm still looking around, but I still what I saw in 2020 remains true for now, which is you look at the data and, and we're somewhat in an island of our own of, of kind of having having the chance to defeat one of these brand name people and brand name. I don't mean in a positive light because we know uh, who Lauren Bobart is and what what she's not. And she's not a true representative of very many people in this district. Yeah. And we know that there's a razor thin margin in the House and and, and these races, these winnable races impact us all as Americans wherever we live. 
So thank you very much, Adam Frisch, for talking to me today. One more time, I'm going to ask you to tell everybody where they can go to donate or volunteer their time, uh, maybe help uh, register some voters in, in the next year. And then, of course, in the election year, help help get everybody out to the polls. I'm going to ask you for that one more time. But I, I before I said goodbye, I just wanted to thank you for taking time to, to talk to me today. And uh, it's truly incredible what you've been able to do over there in CD3. So uh, I appreciate uh, you taking some time out of your very busy schedule to speak to us. Uh, once more, where can people help? Well, first of all, thank you, Allison. And thanks for everyone listening and watching. It's adamforcolorado.com, F-O-R, Adam, F-O-R, Colorado.com. There's a place to donate a couple of different ways. There's a place to sign up and volunteer, and we'll get back to you and reach out to us as well. And we're just super excited. You know, we're on a, this is a not just a marathon, an ultra marathon by how early we started. But, you know, we, we have raised $500,000 uh, in the first three or four days, a quarter million dollars in the first day. And again, uh, the vast, vast majority of that was just those fives and $10 and $20 donations. So please don't think with all these big numbers talking around, which is, you know, uh, embarrassing about how much money is involved in it, but it really does matter. To, to get that buy-in from people at, at the $10 and $25 range or sign up for a small monthly donation. So uh, best to you and adamforcolorado.com. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, Adam Frisch. Uh, everybody stick around. We'll be right back. I love to talk about how much better my nights have become since I got my custom-made mattress from Helix Sleep. I love it. There's no more sleep problems. There's no more insomnia. It's just peaceful, restful sleep. So go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Just take their two-minute sleep quiz. They're going to match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. You never need to enter a mattress store again, which is amazing. Helix has a mattress designed for the way you sleep with several different mattress models to choose from. They're soft, there's medium, there's a firm mattress. There's a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks, mattresses for kids, and even mattresses to help you cool off if you get too hot at night or hot flashes, hello, After I took the quiz, I was matched with a Helix Midnight because I like to sleep on my side and I prefer a medium firm mattress. It's easily the best mattress I've ever slept on and way better than my last mattress. Helix is awesome, but you don't have to take my word for it. Wired Magazine awarded them best overall mattress in 2021. GQ Home Awards listed them as their favorite mattress of 2022. So if you're looking for a mattress, go take their quiz and order the one that best matches you. It will come right to your door, shipped for free. They also come with a 10 or 15-year warranty, and you can try it out risk-free for 100 nights. They even pick it up if you don't love it, but you definitely will. Trust me. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners, just our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Welcome back, everyone. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. Now, if you have good news, confessions, corrections, idioms of the world, assholes of the Senate, there's a lot of them. Misheard lyrics, AG and I love the Whoopi stories. If you got shared swears, find the cat, all of the stuff, send it in to us. We know we love the, the shit kids say, shit adults say, shit anybody says. It's a lot of fun. But 
I got the good news alone today, so we are going to kick this off and keep it moving. Our first submission is from someone anonymous. Their pronouns are she and her. Hello, ladies. First, thank you for all your hard work on the podcast. I love it. Now for my submission. I live in a small city within the city limits. No farms, nothing rural about it. This is important because in early August of 2022, I saw a wild turkey in the parking lot of the apartment complex where I live. A wild turkey. Okay, I thought, where the hell did this thing come from? Now, several weeks later, the turkey found its way to the front of my apartment where I have a bird feeder and it pecked at the seeds that had fallen on the ground. Very cool. Then at the end of August, the turkey appeared with a friend, a chicken. I I feel like this is now a new joke. All right, turkey, chicken, walk into a bar. Okay, they made the rounds of the complex every day with the chicken chasing after the turkey and visiting my feeder sometimes three times a day. Now, they were just so funny together, I named the turkey Ethel and the chicken Lucy. Every day they came through the fall and into the winter. Of course, by then, I'd been putting out feed for them since September to encourage their visits. Then the first week of January, I spotted them under the feeder, and it looked like something had attacked the chicken. Her beautiful red comb had been ripped off and was just a black nub on top of her head. This got real dark real fast, Anonymous. And the red wattles on her neck appeared to be gone as well. Now, she didn't look good at the time, but she's still kicking and getting livelier every day. I don't know where they could have come from, and I don't know where they go at night. All I know is I love them, their visits, and they make me laugh. I've included a picture of them from last fall and one of Lucy after she was injured. Okay, that is a big fat chicken, first of all. Lucy's pretty, though. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, the turkey's the big fat turkey. See, this is why I need Allison Gill. I was like, that's the biggest fucking chicken I've ever seen. <laughs> Don't leave me alone on the mic, people. Okay, the turkey's huge. The chicken's not as big. Also very cute. They're both white. Very, very sweet. Thank you so much for that submission and kicking us off anonymous. This next one's from Zoe's mom, pronouns she and her. Zoe is an Airedale, re- oh, Zoe's an Airedale recovering from spinal surgery for a rapture disc, a rupture disc, a rapture disc. Apparently the disc um, thought the end of the world was coming. For a ruptured disc, I only outweigh her by 35 pounds, so it's a challenge. Her big brother Nick does the really heavy lifting. Now, this is from Zoe's mom still. Thought of the day. Is Ron DeSantis the George Wallace of our time? He's very concerned about race. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Ron DeSantis. I just think that obviously there's a lot of people pulling his strings, but it's a very good question. It's all we need to make sure is that Ron DeSantis never becomes president of the United States, Zoe. Zoe's mom. That's all our job is, okay? So stick to that, remember. All right, this is from Sandy. No pronouns on Sandy. Sandy said, I volunteer with Pete Haven here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. This is my current pup, a one-year-old Baxter. Oh, Baxter's cute. Oh, and Floofy. Baxter's very cute and Floofy. Oh, God, I'm glad. I don't, I, I don't know if I have to guess what Baxter is. I'm glad I don't, but I think he's some sort of a Maltese mix or a Maltipoo. We're going to go with a Maltipoo. I don't even know what that looks like. Allison's not here. I'm right about everything. Okay, this next one's also from Anonymous, and the pronouns are she and her. It says, hi, A.G., Apparently not to me, but just hi, AG. I listened to your interview on iGene politics, and I agree 100% with your suggestion to defer to the younger generation to shape curriculum on consent and bodily autonomy. I would also agree. Obviously, this is an episode I missed because I've been on a lesbian cruise for 10 days. Okay. 
This person goes on to say, my mother's generation was taught that women were expected to just quietly take whatever abuse men inflicted on them. This logic didn't fly with me. Although I also felt powerless, I refused to remain quiet about it. It was my trauma, and I'd talk about it whenever I wanted to. Good for you. It was part of my healing process. I purposely raised my children from birth that they were the bosses of their own bodies. They didn't have to hug or kiss anyone if they didn't want if they didn't want to, and I stand up to anyone who doesn't respect that. Fuck yeah, I agree. My daughter's entirely the boss of her own body, has never known anything else. Same for my son. I've even seen both of them stand up for others as well. So 100%, they understand how it works. It's hardwired into them. Thank you for sharing your story and for your efforts in keeping this issue in the spotlight. I totally agree, AG. I know you're listening. You're out there. Thank you for putting this in the spotlight. And I love that parents teach their children this. When you got family members coming in and it's the holidays and they're like, make sure you give your Aunt Ethel a kiss. No, fuck that. Like, let the kids do what they want to do. Don't push that upon them. I love our listeners. Believe in that. Okay, this next one is from Amy, pronouns she and her. Hello, lovely ladies of the beans. Thank you for keeping up with the batshit wacko fire hose of news that just keeps coming. Jesus, doesn't it? Last year, I showed you a photo of our baby Dot. This year, Dot is a mom. She has a beautiful Ram Lab. Oh my God, on Monday morning, it's a little baby. Here's a picture of Dot as a baby and Dot with her baby. Thanks for everything and enjoy your time off. You have certainly earned it. Look at this baby lamb. Oh, I don't even have anyone to enjoy this with me. And Dot is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Look at that. My goodness. Thank you so much. All right. This is from Magistra Myra. Pronouns she and her. This is a shout out to my niece, Katie, who is the best mother in the world. Six years ago, she had her first child, Lily. While in utero, it was discovered that Lily needed heart surgery before she was born and then after. Our little heart warrior has come through with flying colors and is now a first grader and a cheerleader. Hell yes! Three years later, little Poppy was born. Several months later, she had a benign tumor over her eye, which was successfully removed. However, Poppy has delayed speech. We joked it was because during COVID, she was stuck at home with Lily, who never stops talking. However, as soon as it was safe, Katie put her in daycare where she could have social interaction with other children. That was when we discovered that she needed speech therapy because she just really wasn't speaking. Now she has few words and it looks like she will make good progress. However, her left eye has turned inward due to the former tumor. She's had one operation and needs another. Last year, baby Harry was born, and we thought that would be just fine. But at three months, he was screaming because he couldn't pass a stool. He needed to have an operation on his colon because the issue couldn't be resolved any other way. It did the trick, and we are hopeful that he is all good. Throughout this whole time, Katie has been a loving and patient mother. God bless you, Katie, and these kids. My goodness. Despite having health issues with all three of her children, She has never complained or shown weakness. She leaves that to the rest of us. On a more cheerful note, both Poppy and Harry are named for my father, whose name is Harry and whom the grandkids and now great-grandkids call Poppy, the name that Katie gave him 39 years ago. The story is not meant to be a bummer, but rather uplifting. Katie, her husband Steve, and her amazing children are all strong and joyful family. By the way, if anyone is on Long Island, go visit Dark Horse in Farmdale. I love listening to the beans every morning on my way to work. Keep up the good work, ladies. Thank you so much for that submission. Magistra Mira, I'm so glad those kids are doing well. And I love when people give props to their children. It is not easy to be a parent. (gasps) 
Oh, and we've got pictures of these children. They're beautiful. Look at those smiles and these ruby cheeks. Oh, my heart. And pictures with the mama and the babies. So much. So, so much. Oh, my God. Thank you for this good news. I am just back off uh, almost missing two weeks with the podcast. I miss you all terribly. I was on a cruise making people laugh, but I have to say there were several listeners. If you are listening to The Daily Beans today and you were on the cruise with Olivia Vacations, thank you so much for coming to my shows, for offering the laughter, for helping me heal and for giving you joy. I just appreciate that there's so many people out there and we are connected in so many different ways. So I'm the one sending us off into this week-long vacation. Allison has earned it. I had a little time off and I'm sort of bummed that I have to take another week because I miss you all terribly. But in the meantime, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. And as always, vote blue over Q, take everyone with you. And I'm going to sign off for my partner as well. She's been AG, I've been DG, and that's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>